Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Ovicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you the latest insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. We're joined in this episode by Sheep Better Farm Programme participant Brian Keane and his chocolate advisor James Doran. Get some insight into the system Brian's operating, how he's managed his season. Brian is a farmer near and escorting County Wexford runs a mixed enterprise comprising of sheep, suckers and tillage. We discuss how the recent dry spell has affected Brian's farm over the past number of weeks and James discusses what steps Brian has taken to manage through that dry spell. We move on to discuss the cover crops he's put in for the winter and the potential of finished lambs with James offering some tips on best management. We start off however with Brian giving us a bit more background to his farm and enterprise. Yeah, Kieran's tillage and grass and we have some commercial forestry there as well. It's half, it's about half grass, half tillage and we have the in around 250 o's. March lambing, we have about, keep on about 30 or 40 yaw lambs every year. They start lambing about a month after the first lots of yaw start lambing and we have suckler cows there as well, 25 or so suckler cows. Uh, they are kind of going from February into April and uh, yeah, trying to get everything finished up then by the early spring and start into the spring barley then after that. You're not going to be idle in the spring anyway. Your suckler system, that's suckler to weaning or suckler to store? Suckler to store the last few years. We kept on a few every now and again, just an experiment and kind of get as finishing them, but kind of getting on well there, sending them on as a year, yearlings. And uh, have them looking fairly well. like Probably suit your uh, system as well as what does. Suits the system, everything is gone then, like, and you have plenty of grass then for the, gra- for the lambs coming out. You, you touched there on your yew flock. You have 250 ewes at the moment. What can kind of ewes your work will bring? There'd be, I was buying in replacements there every year, every couple of years. I was going up to the Boris yew sale and spent a lot of money up there. And I wasn't, I was kind of jumping around, going from one farm to the other and sure I'm buying, be buying in disease then too. Like, and I kind of want to close off things there now and breathe my own, we'd be going uh, Suffolk, Cross, Belclare, Lowland, Great face, yours, and showing in Charlie is there with them as well. So you're, you're coming from that power space, you're, you're doing a kind of crisscross of your own now, in it. Charlie then for the terminal sire, and I suppose you're doing something similar with the old lambs, Charlie Rams running with them? Charlie Rams running with the old lambs, getting on all right with them to kind of slip out handy enough. The odd time you get a bit of hardship with the old lambs, sure as everyone does, but... That's that's yeah. kind of, that's kind of powerful, of course, with it. So, so look, you, you're finishing all on the farm, um... Just straight to slaughter, or are you going to story with them? No, finish them all. The grass is there right through the year. This year it hasn't been, but we've been feeding there the last few years. I keep my own bit of barley there and kind of mix in a balance around with it and feed them on there with that. And uh, yeah, it works okay for us. Uh, well, I just want to, we'll, we'll delve into a bit of that more in detail because look, there's great scope in your farm for a lot of these different things. Look, you, you touched on the grass there. It'd be remiss of me not to talk to you a little bit about it. You'd be in an ideal farmer in spring him is dry, it's early turnout, but in summer for the last couple of weeks you've been probably suffering a fair bit with soil moisture deficit. How bad has it kicked in, Brian, or when did it start kicking in on your farm? Uh, three weeks ago, a month ago, month ago or so, like it's just it went like there's no comeback on the grass at all. We had a lot of we done a second coast silage and we cut a lot of hay. More there's an awful lot of grass growth there in May and we had a lot of hay. And yeah, May was savage growth then from kind of June, July onwards, it started going back. I thought I'd have loads of aftergrass and it just melted back into the ground. It just got real crispy. Lambs were eating it up and it wasn't coming back. 
So I we, we weren't too bad. The O's, the lambs were weaned anyway. Like, so the, the priority was on the lambs and we let the O's then kind of graze on lesser grass. But at the moment there now, it's not too bad there now. We had a few showers around. Things are starting to green up there now again. It was, it was a wee bit late 2018 all over again. Great start to the year for you this year, but just really pinched July, August on. It was terrible, yeah. It was like the place turned into a desert there. It was brown. Everything was a brown. Sure. The same as when you drive around the country, yeah, a lot of farmers in the same boat. Uh, just, uh, James, I'll ring you in at this point. Like, Southeast, particularly where you are there in Wexford, that has been hit fairly badly this summer. Yeah, sure. We're looking at soil moisture deficits there, Kieran, at the moment of maybe 55 to 60 mils. Um, people obviously very reluctant to spread chemical fertilizer on the back of that to try and advanced grass and sure you know in two or three weeks time we're looking at the closing date for for spreading chemical fertilizers coming fast too so it's a tricky one because we can't really promote grass growth in the current conditions um and so the other option i suppose that people are looking at is trying to reduce demand in some shape or form you know still, still waiting with that much i suppose it's, it's like a lot has probably hidden one area not hitting enough just yet Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, and it's it's just it's very difficult in you know for people to try and you know I suppose there would there would be one eye on trying to build grass covers this time of the year on lots of farms and that's you know to try and get maybe three to four weeks in front of you by the time you hit the first of September and that's just something that's not plausible in a lot of, in a lot of cases at the minute because of that moisture deficit scenario. Yeah. So Brian, I'll come back to you. I mean, like we we touched on this with lambs, I suppose the options maybe slightly more straightforward. You have a store option you can feed on. James, I suppose it's also coming that time though where we need to actually push yours on on farms like Brian's. That probably is a little bit challenging for some. It is. And like if you take Brian's scenario here, I mean, he has done that. He has prioritized a kind of a finishing group of, of lambs there that are getting, you know, he's put maybe 50 of those together that are 40 kilos plus. Uh, and then his target meal at those to try and reduce demand on, on the main bulk uh, of, of lambs in terms of their grass demand. But you're right. I mean, there is yours there that are going to need. Uh, uh, an increase in condition before they go to the ram. Any collios these days have been identified and they're going to be sold very, very soon. Uh, and some of the thinner yos are maybe going to be ran with the, that group of priority lambs as well to try and improve their, their condition. So trying to manage as best you can, I suppose, within the within what you're, what you're dealing with at the minute. But um, yeah, it's it's not simple. And lots of other farmers, like Brian said, in, in a similar scenario as well, especially those ones stocked at uh, four to five yos per hectare, the, the heavier stock guys, yeah. Brian, just to come back to you, like on the tillage side of it, you've, I'm assuming it's winter and spring barley you're going in with anything else you're growing on the farm? All barley there, so I'll get on. Okay. He's definitely been a main enterprise there for a long time, but kind of split it up then, the winter and the beans, winter wheat and winter barley, just not to be doing it all in the one go, like after the after the lambing and calving, and just split it up over the winter. And the return out of the winter crops has been pretty good the last couple of years too, we're happy enough with it. The beans are a great crop as well. It's balancing the workload a wee bit more. You mentioned earlier yeah. you're feeding some of your own barley back in to cattle or cattle and the lambs? Cattle and the lambs. I give the cattle like they're a little bit of rolled barley over the winter and the lambs mix the balancer into into the rolled barley for the lambs. See, you have it on hand, so there is, there is an option there. With it. Look, one other bit I want to just touch on with you. Um, forage crops going in, what is your policy on it, or what have you done this year? We have sown everything I can sow with forage crops, bar the winter ground, and there's about 60 acres of forage crops gone in there now, and it should cover me, hopefully, 
get me out over the winter. Leave whatever lambs are there, uh, finished on grass, be able to close off the grass earlier, let the lambs in on the fire crops then and let the oars run, run the oars right up onto lambing. So what did you go in with this year? What kind of crop? I have an interval and a hybrid and I had a rampart. It wouldn't be a hybrid, it'd be a, just an ordinary brassica. Okay. So look, I suppose with them too, you probably got them in slightly earlier this year. Imagine your crops come in slightly earlier. Did the weather have an impact on them taking or are they, are they on course? We had the winter barley there cut nice and early and the straw cleared off the fields right away. It was in the 22nd of July, the rampart, and it took very well. And then the drought came then and it kind of it was stagnant for a long time, but it's coming on there again now with the showers around. So it should be a good enough crop. Spring crops then, we have all that in there now, but it hasn't struck yet. It's just it's still a bit dry at the moment. That's just a very similar picture for a lot down there. Just again, wanting that bit of moisture. Wanting that bit of moisture and everything is in early now. Whether it'll, yeah, the next couple of weeks now, we'll see how it'll go. It, it, does, it does provide a great option though for you for lambs into the tail end. You're probably not under as much pressure if you can afford to carry them until them crops are ready. Yeah, if if they come, sure, if they come there November, December, you can close off the grass nice and early and let them in on a great, a great feed for them too. You won't start grazing them until November, Brian, will you? There, thereabouts, yeah, yeah. And yeah, a little bit of work and managing with blocks and fencing, but it's all right, like, it doesn't take that much time. James, is are we seeing a bit more of that going in locally this year in response to the drought, or is it just the same standard amount going in? Um, I don't see a, a massive amount of difference going in. It is a huge competitive advantage in County Wexford. Like lots of farmers would uh, use it as uh, a, a massive way of grazing sheep, particularly store lamb producers and things like that. Um, but it, it, I don't see an, an over a, a massive increase in the area going in. I think it's uh, people that are set up for doing it are, are doing it for the last number of years, and particularly since you mentioned they're twenty eighteen. I think lots of people got to grips with it that year for the first maybe year on the back of that drought and are quite happy the way it has performed with stocks and, and are continuing with it then, you know. It's, it's something that's important considerably because it's just not a case of let them in on it and work away. There is management needed too to get performance off it. Yeah, um, it is. It takes a bit of management as Brian touched on there uh, and the, the more management you put into it, particularly at grazing time, I suppose, the more you tend to get out of it. Um, I mean, the utilisations are typically... 70 to 75 percent uh that depends on on weather and and rainfall at the time when you're grazing it and i mean as you can imagine the bigger break or block that you give them if you get a lot of uh, of bad weather at that time well then they're going to to walk a lot of it or waste a lot of it so if you can allocate lesser areas uh to them uh, you know you're typically looking at moving wires probably every in an ideal world every two to three days in a sheep scenario or certainly no more than allocating enough for them to, to graze in, in a week any, uh, and, and just try and, and maximise things. Now, thankfully for the last number of years, uh, the weather has been good down here and people have got excellent uh, utilisation from the crops. I'm just going to throw this, like, with, with 60 acres of a gun in, you have a lot of crop going in for the winter. Give the fact maybe you're only going in November, December, were store lambs an option in expansion on the farm or are you trying maybe brain to build your yew flock? And have enough of your own lambs on hand. That's what we're considering there the last couple of weeks. We were just talking to James and uh, about it and just keep on a lot more your lambs rather than buying in yours. And if there is a lot of forage left over, maybe I could buy in a few store lambs and finish them that way. Just rather than wasting it. Yeah, you have the options, do you? Yeah, yeah. James, just to throw back you, like 
you touched on the utilisation at overall carrying capacity because 60 acres have gone in. What has Brian the potential to carry through the winter? Like we just we touched on maybe store lambs coming in the tail end, but for anyone considering that, it's certainly an option in November, December, even in January, February, carrying stock through. How many could you carry in crops like it? Yeah, sure. They're a massive help here on. Um, I know the weather at the moment is, is slightly hampering in terms of getting ahead and, and getting the dry matter yield there. But I mean, typical crops down here, you would be expecting three to four tons of dry matter like per hectare. So a lamb is going to eat probably 1.3 or so kilos uh, of dry matter per head. But look, to make it to, very simple, crops that Brian is putting in down here, typically before the 1st of August, after winter corn, should be capable of carrying 90 to 100 lambs per acre per week. That's the kind of way you'd break it down, and probably more depending on, on the yield of it or depending on the utilisation of it. But it's a good ballpark figure to have there. Um, the other thing I just caution as well is that you know it, it, there is there are gytrogens in the uh, fodder rape to do inhibit the uptake of um, of iodine. So given an, an iodine based bolus or mineral buckets available when when sheep or stock are grazing it, there is probably worthwhile doing. Particularly if people are grazing um, yos on, on crops like that, uh, if they want to be on it for a long time, it's, it's important. Uh, mineral obviously in the in the up uh, coming up to lambing and things of like that as well. So it's just something to, to take note of. But super crop, you know, very high in energy, very high in protein, um, and like everything, I suppose, just needs to be introduced slowly. But once they get to grips with it, then um, they they'll absolutely fly on it. Then yeah, it has that capacity. So you have an open day coming up this week. Plenty of work going in to get ready for it. James. You might just give us a bit of detail on when the open day is on and what times. Yeah, so next Wednesday evening here on 7 o'clock, uh, 24th of August. So, yeah, lots of stuff going on on the farm here. Uh, Fairness to Brian, is his first year in the Better Farm programme. Um, he's do, doing lots of new things on the farm, lots of interesting things happening here uh, in terms of grass management and fodder crops and all that kind of stuff. So it should be a very interesting evening. So everyone welcome and hoping to get a good crowd here on Wednesday evening. Brian, they're really dropping you in at the deep end. So, yeah, but look, really appreciate you giving up your time to be with us. Good getting an insight to the farm. Look, I'm sure I'll be back to you at a later stage. But I appreciate you giving up your time to be with us. Jim, same with yourself. Good having you both on. Thanks, Emil. Thanks, Aaron. My brother. Okay, we're going to leave it there for this episode. I'd just like to thank Brian and James again for giving up their time to be with us and for Brian giving us a bit of an insight into his farming system. I'm sure it's one we'll be revisiting again in future episodes. For anyone who's listening to this at release, Brian has an open day on the 24th of August at 7pm. Well worth a visit. I'm sure you'll see more details about it up on social media afterwards. Again, like all the other Better Farm participants, you can find out more information about them on the Better Farm webpage, on the Chagas website or in the Chagas Sheep newsletter. That's it for me for this episode. For any more updates on the Sheep programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chagas Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and get notified of any new episodes.